Good morning. How is everyone? Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Wow. I think we've had an exciting month here at Sequoia Hills. Uh, it was really cool uh, to watch. I just want to say before we get started, I think it was really cool to uh, watch how you all uh, just took that big step and listened to God and uh, walked with him and opened up your sanctuary uh, to the Micronesian congregation. I think, uh, I think you all heard God's voice and followed through on that, and I think it's really special that uh, you all elected to share this with them for whatever the reason, because I know that means a lot to them. Uh, they were grateful for the gym, and I'm sure they'd be grateful for the chapel too, and all they were asking for was the chapel. Uh, but uh, it re- I think they really do enjoy this place more than they let on. So thank you for hearing God's voice on that, and thank you for o- obeying it, actually. It's even better to hear and obey. I think it's really cool. Uh, uh, the good news is uh, that when you uh, obey God once, that's also the bad news, when you obey God once in faith, in, new, in a new area, he often gives you an opportunity for even more obedience in that area. So... Uh, be excited. Uh, I'm, I'm just curious what step two is. Uh, I'm just curious to see uh, what else. I'm just curious to see who else God sends our way for us to obe- to uh, see what happens next. I'm eagerly anticipating it, uh, but that's just, I wanted to say that before I got started. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Cool. Well, uh, your scripture for today is, uh, I actually wanted to start in uh, Jeremiah Jeremiah 22. Sometimes I feel like the most important thing we can do is just hear the word of God. Uh, Sometimes a sermon feels like you're almost watering down what God said, when just letting God's own words speak is kind of all we need sometimes. Uh, So I actually wanted, the sermon is about chapter 23, verses uh, 1 through 8, but I would like to actually start back in chapter 22. It's a long one, but I think it's worth it. Chapter 22, verse 1, warnings of Jerusalem's fall. Thus says the Lord, go down to the house of Judah, to the house of the king of Judah, and there speak this word and say, this is God talking to uh, Jeremiah to say this, and say, hear the word of the Lord, O king of Judah, who sits on David's throne, you and your servants and your people who enter these gates. Thus says the Lord, Do justice and righteousness, and deliver the one who has been robbed from the power of his oppressor. Also, do not mistreat or do violence to the stranger, the orphan, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place. For if you men will indeed perform this thing, then kings will enter the gates of this house, sitting in David's place on his throne, riding in chariots and on horses, even the king himself and his servants and his people." But if you will not obey these words, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that this house will become a desolation. For thus the Lord concerning the for thus says the Lord concerning the house of Judah, you are like Gilead to me, like the summit of Lebanon, yet most assuredly I shall make you a wilderness, like cities which are not inhabited, for I shall set apart destroyers against you, each with his own weapons, and they will cut down your choicest cedars and throw them on the fire. 
and many nations will pass by this city, and they will say to one another, Why has the Lord done thus to this great city? Then they will answer, Because they forsook the covenant of the Lord their God and bowed down to other gods and served them. Do not weep for the dead or mourn for him, but weep continually for the one who goes away, for he will never return or see his native land. For thus says the Lord in regard to Shalom, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah, who who became king in the place of Josiah, his father, who went forth from this place. He will never return there. But in the place where they led him captive, there he will die, and he will not see this land again. Woe to him who builds his house without righteousness and his upper rooms without justice, who uses his neighbor's services without pay, and does not give him his wages, who says, I will build myself a roomy house with spacious upper rooms and cut out its windows, paneling it with cedar and painting it bright red. Do you become a king because you are competing in cedar? Did not your father eat and drink and do justice and righteousness? Then it was well with him. He pled the cause of the afflicted and needy. Then it was well. Is, it not, it, is not that what it means to know me, declares the Lord? But your eyes and your heart are intent only on your own dishonest gain and on shedding innocent blood and on practicing oppression and extortion. Therefore, thus says the Lord in regard to Jehoiahim, son of Josiah, king of Judah, they will not lament for him. Alas, my brother, or alas, sister, they will not lament for him. Alas, for the master, or alas for his splendor. He will be buried with a donkey's burial, dragged off and thrown out beyond the gates of Jerusalem. Go up to Lebanon and cry out, and lift up your voice in Bashan. Cry out also for Abarim, for all your lovers who have been crushed. I spoke to you in your prosperity, but you said, I will not listen. This has been your practice from your youth, that you have not obeyed my voice, The wind will sweep away all your shepherds. All your lovers will go into captivity. Then you will surely be ashamed and humiliated because of all your wickedness. You who dwell in Lebanon, nested in the cedars, how you will groan when pangs come upon you, pain like a woman in childbirth. As I live, declares the Lord, even though Jehoiakim, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were a signet ring on my right hand, yet I would pull you off. And I shall give you over into the hands of those who are seeking your life. Yes, into the hand of those whom you dread, even into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of the Chaldeans. I shall hurl you and your mother who bore you into another country where you were not born, and there you will die. But as for the land to which they desire to return, they will not return to it. Is this man, Kaniah, a despised shattered jar? Or is he an undesirable vessel? That's the king. Why have he and his descendants been hurled out and cast into the land they had not known? O land, 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 hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, write this man down childless, a man who will not prosper in his days. For no man of his descendants will prosper sitting on the throne of David or ruling again in Judah. Woe to the shepherds who are destroying and scattering the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. 
Therefore, thus says the Lord God of Israel concerning the shepherds who are tending my people, you have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not attended to them. Behold, I am about to, to attend to you for the evil of your deeds, declares the Lord. Then I myself shall gather the remnant of my flock from all the countries where I have driven them, and I shall bring them back to their pasture, and they will be fruitful and multiply. I shall also raise up shepherds over them, and they will tend them, and they will no longer be afraid, nor be terrified, nor will any be missing, declares the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, declared the Lord, when I shall raise up for David a righteous branch, and he will reign as king and act wisely and do justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely, and this is his name by which he shall be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when they, when they will no longer say, as the Lord lives, who brought up the sons of Israel from the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives, who brought up and led back the descendants of the household of Israel from the north land and from all the countries where I had driven them, they will, then they will live on their, old, on their own soil. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Let, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we need a shepherd. You are our shepherd. You are the good shepherd. It feels like our nation's without a shepherd. It's so easy for ourselves to feel like sheep without a shepherd. The people to whom you, the 5,000 men and women and children to whom you fed were like sheep without a shepherd and you had compassion upon them. Have compassion upon us, O Lord. In your name, Jesus, amen. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You need a king, a shepherd king. You might not think so. Americans don't like kings. We affirm government of the people, by the people, and for the people. As, and as a worldly political policy, our American system of checks and balances is, a, is good and beneficial. It works. But before God Almighty himself, you need a king, God's kind of human king. You don't need the world's kind of king. The kings of the world can prove to be incredibly violent and murderous. One thinks of all the blood that was shed by the kings of ancient Assyria and Babylon and Greece and Rome. Or in more recent days, absolute rulers such as Stalin, Chairman Mao, or Pol Pot. The kings of the world are typically not righteous in God's way of righteousness. They rule in very unrighteous ways with wicked policies towards the people and in turn lead the people into other wicked ways. Because as the king goes, so goes the people. The root of the problem is this. The kings of this world are self-serving. The old adage is apt. It's all about power, getting it and keeping it. Worldly kings seek their own glory and prestige. They often don't really care about their people or their people's plight. They're interested only in feathering their own nest or their own office. What results from these policies and practices? The sheep are left to fend for themselves. They scatter. 
Every sinner does his own thing, trying to meet his or her own needs the best way he or she can, often at the needs of the other people around them. Sheep will do just about anything to survive. Every sinner goes his own way, and in that way is, and the way they go is always away from the one true God, their creator, always. Without a righteous shepherd king, the sheep disperse and wander aimlessly on their desperate, self-protective attempt to dig their own wells and find their own water. Has anyone ever tended sheep? Has anybody ever seen a group of sheep in real life? John has. They always go their own direction until they hear your voice, right? Yeah, they always, but then, oh, they got to snap back. Without a good shepherd king, everyone does what is right in his or her own eyes instead of what is right in God's eyes. As Isaiah confessed for us, all we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone turned to his own way. Ancient Israel can, in, can function as a visual aid, a, 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 as a model for what happens without God's kind of king. In ancient Israel, the king was supposed to be a good shepherd who would gather his sheep and lead them in the way of the Lord. Jeremiah stated God's own expectation for his kind of king in verse 23, or sorry, in verse 3 of chapter 22. Do justice and righteousness and deliver from the hand of the oppressor him who has been robbed, and do no wrong or violence to the resident alien, the fatherless, the widow, nor shed innocent blood in this place. But a bad shepherd king will mislead the people and serve only himself. Jeremiah as well as Ezekiel in chapter 34, condemned the last shepherd kings of Jerusalem in their day. They attended only to themselves, which is so sad because their grandfather Josiah was the best king Israel had ever had. But nonetheless, they were self-serving. They built their own magnificent palaces. I mean, the economy was booming. It really was the best of times economically. Uh, They built their own own magnificent palaces off the tax revenue off the tax revenues that were coming in, but did not care for the people and did not do what was right before God. Their eyes and hearts were oriented towards only their own covetous desires. Their practices consisted of shedding innocent blood and practicing violent oppression. And the worst thing was that they led the people away from the true God and towards idols, idols of prosperity, idols of consumption, pleasure, comfort, and convenience. They corrupted the people with luxury, and the people themselves became corrupt and guilty as well. These kings were supposed to be good shepherds, to rule the people in true righteousness, to lead the people in God's ways, and to unite the people to serve the Lord in true unity. But in fact, the corrupted practices of the kings corrupted the people and would lead to their dispersion. Jeremiah announced the words of Yahweh, the God of Israel, in verse 1 of chapter 23. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. And in fact, the sheep were scattered among the nations. To this day, they still are. In 587 BC, Babylon came, destroyed Jerusalem and the temple, and exiled the people. But God did not end his message here. Through Jeremiah, God announced a wonderful promise for a different kind of future. In the future, God would not gather the remnant of his flock out of other lands and bring them back to the sheepfold. 
he, he will regather. He would do that, but not only that. In the days that are coming, when God, the days are coming when God will raise up a righteous branch from David, a king shall rule and act wisely and do God's judgments and righteousness in the land. In contrast to the wicked and unrighteous kings of Jerusalem, which she knew all too well, this future king will be a righteous branch and he will grow into a tree that bears much fruit. This future king will rule wisely and do what is truly righteous. He will unite Judah and Israel in safety. This still has not happened yet, but someday it will. Someday, not a, Judah has, some of Judah has been restored to, to the land of Israel, but the ten tribes themselves have not yet. But we still believe the words of this prophet that someday when this righteous king comes, he will. And no longer will they fear conquering enemies because, their mess, because through their messianic king, the, the gift of righteousness will come to the people of God. This Messiah's name will be Yahweh is our righteousness. And through the rule of this Messiah, Yahweh is the author and source of not only their righteousness, but ours too. Hear the good news. God fulfills his, old, his promises, his old ones. He fulfills them again and again. And he is still going to fulfill this in even more fullness. He began to restore his exiled people back to the land of Israel in 538 and then more in 437 BC. And in the fullness of time, 600 years after Jeremiah's promise, God brought his ancient promises to fulfillment for a true shepherd king. God sent his only begotten son to join the human race to become Israel's human king from the line of David. God gave them and us a righteous shepherd king. And what did that king do? During his public ministry in the land of Israel, he had compassion on Israel as a sheep without a shepherd. He gathered to himself the lost sheep of Israel. He did what a righteous king was supposed to do. He had compassion on the helpless, the widow, the fatherless, the weak, and the overlooked nobodies. We can read about his public ministry in the gospel and the gospel according to Mark today was a good example. He saw that the people were sheep without a shepherd, and he gathered them to himself and took care of their needs. He continues to do this even to this day for us. God gave you a righteous shepherd king. Jesus is the righteous shepherd king who unites his people like a shepherd unites his sheep. He calls them with his voice and draws these men, all men and women, to himself. And he adds even more to his flock. He has added even us. He gathers his own from around the world and brings us to God his Father. Jesus is the shepherd king of Israel, who is better than any of the preceding kings of Israel or Judah. In fact, he did it in the most surprising of ways. This good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep, for you. And God raised him up on the third day and highly exalted him, for you. Now Jesus, as the Davidic king, rules over you by his Holy Spirit. To live under his rule is a blessed life. He brings you to the God of ancient Israel, and the true God makes you a part of his own flock, his one big family. You, by faith, belong to his flock, and enjoy salvation 
under his kingdom. You do not need to fear anything. Not even a sparrow falls to the ground without him knowing. For your shepherd king is all for you, no matter what. After those woeful shepherds, behold, the days of a righteous branch shall reign as king and deal wisely and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. Jesus is the righteous shepherd king. Through him, you receive the true righteousness of God himself. God laid on Jesus, the king, the iniquity and sin of you and me and everyone in here. God reckoned to you the righteousness of Jesus, which he achieved by... I want to go back for a second. Sometimes when we talk about Jesus bearing the sins of the world, we want to wonder if he was tempted in all, and we hear he was tempted in all ways like us, and we imagine Jesus feeling the desires we felt and then being tempted and then not giving in. Whoever thinks about it that way? Okay. And I'm not saying that didn't happen, but when it talks about God putting the iniquity and sin and bearing the sins of the world, try to think of it in another way too. Who's ever felt cut off from God after the thrill was over and just hated yourself and felt alone and isolated? Anybody ever felt that? Okay, that's what he was bearing on the cross willingly. And he didn't even have the fun of sinning before he had the felt that way. Yeah, he didn't get the high. He just got the low. All of our lows for everyone for eternity. Willingly without ever committing any of the fun, false pleasures we think are going to bring us the high just to get us through the day. That's bearing the sin of the world. And he did that because he loved us, because he is our king. And sometimes being a king means you take responsible for the people under you, even when it's not your fault. And that's what we mean when he said he bore our iniquity and our sin. And because he did that, God reckoned to us Jesus' righteousness, which he, which he achieved for us by taking responsibility. And by faith now, we stand righteous before God because of our true shepherd king, Jesus. Because he is the true source of our righteousness. And his righteousness has replaced our wickedness. And by his spirit, he has promised to lead you in righteous ways today. Believe him and trust him to do it. Be expectant as a person as a congregation, let us believe him and be expectant that he's going to, since we were obedient, he led us into step one with the Micronesians. Let's be excited and expectant and vigilant for whatever step two is. We do have a, I mean, we do have a revival coming up. We belong to the shepherd king of Israel. Let us follow his paths, the righteous paths of our, of our righteous king. Let's wait with eager anticipation for when Jesus ultimately comes again in glory to gather you and I and all of his flock together into his glorious, eternal, earthly kingdom. God has given you a righteous shepherd king. Enjoy by faith his rule now so that you can be unashamed when he comes riding on the clouds. Hear the word of the Lord faithfully preached and taught. Receive the Lord's Supper rightly administered. And look forward to the day of his, body, of his bodily resurrection when you see your righteous shepherd king face to face with joy because you are going about his business when he appears. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. If any of you 
do not have a righteous shepherd king, if any of you have never had Jesus as your Lord and Savior and never followed after him, I'm not asking, did you ever just believe in your heart? I mean, has he ever been your, or just believed in your mind? Has he ever been your king that you tried to follow and obey? If that has never happened, I implore you, if the Holy Spirit is calling you by the gospel, consent to that call, come down here and pray and accept the kingdom of heaven into your life as well. Because it's going to come upon you one way or the other. Our deacons are waiting and ready to receive you and pray with you, if that should be the case.